Good morning. Hello, Trinity Cheltenham and family and those watching from further afield. So good to worship and declare some powerful, powerful, powerful truths about who God is. So glad you could join us. We're going to be getting into God's Word, as Andrew said, um, at, in the book of Titus. Uh, I wonder how your week has been. I have not had a great week. It's been one of those weeks where I, I felt like a teenager again. You know where you just get stuck in the busyness of life? You're just rushing around doing life, and then you suddenly just look around at the, the room that you've been living from, and it's just mess and chaos, and we're switching to a microphone. If you missed all of that, it was great. We're into Titus. Uh, I've had a bad week, uh, but I've been rescued in some way, A, by God, but also by a rule of life, a conscious, intentional plan to keep God at the center of everything. We had Sabbath yesterday. We kind of start off Friday night through to Saturday. Uh, you might be having Sabbath today. Happy Sabbath. Our phones were off. We went for a family walk. We took the DSLR camera out because we didn't want to have our phones with us. Um, we did some baking, all sorts of good stuff, but it was soul food. It was proper rest, and I feel restored and rescued uh, a, long, a longer quiet time than I can afford on, on the busyness of our normal days. Um, but the, the rule of life that we've established as a family helped me after a tough week, helped me to shape something a little bit better. We're going to be talking about how to rescue an island this morning how to rescue an island. I know, I don't know if you've ever woken up and thought, I wonder how we're going to rescue an island today. Um, but this, this book of Titus is a part of God's rescue plan for a whole island called Crete. I don't know if you've ever been there. You're not going there at the moment, most of you. Um, but it is the largest of Greek islands. We're going to be hitting back. I'm going to uh, give you some background for it in a minute. But, but we're talking about some aspects of how to rescue God. There it is, Crete. We've got Jerusalem down there. This is a little map of how things would have been back when Paul is writing this letter. There's the island, and we're going to be looking at how God rescues uh, this island of Crete. And he uses Titus. He uses Jerusalem. He also uses um, Paul. Let me give you some background to Crete. Uh, it wasn't a great place. Small, it's this, this island in the Mediterranean, um, the biggest of the Greek ones, and uh, it's... It, it probably had a bunch of Roman soldiers in it at the time. In the time Paul visited, it was a place of merchants and mercenaries. People from Crete had such a negative reputation that cretin became this word, this derogatory term. Um, there were strong pagan influences connected to the possibility that it might have been a, a training base for, for Romans. So lots of, lots of different religious influence. Uh, and, and Titus has ended up there. So Paul visited um, Crete possibly uh, in between being in prison a couple of times. He's having his own little lockdowns, but he visits Crete uh, and he, he visits with Titus, uh, who he's been journeying with. If you've been doing our looking up in lockdown uh, in our morning devotions, you'll be reading through 2 Corinthians. Titus is mentioned a couple of times. That book, probably written about seven years before the book we're studying today, talks about Titus and the influence that he's had uh, alongside Paul in shaping these young churches, fascinating stories, and the way that, that Titus is used. But, but they've visited together in this, this, this island that could be really strategic in, in spreading the good news about who Jesus is. Uh, but uh, Paul leaves Titus there, and he goes on. He's, so Paul's moving around, and he probably writes this letter from a place called Macedonia. Uh, it's written in AD 64-ish, um, 
and we're going to read something of, uh, I'm going to kind of, we're going to skim through a, a couple of bits just to give us the context that we're getting from this chapter. Have, have your book open, the Bible open at Titus, and I'm going to be reading from one a bit. So Paul introduces himself, and then the first things that he says after his introduction, verse 5, the reason I left you in Crete was that you might put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. So they've been there together, and they've talked about what needs to happen. And I wonder, I wonder whether at some point on, in Titus's efforts to to bring some order to that, to that island, I wonder whether he's lost something of the vision or he's got stuck. It's interesting, there would have been a lot of um, Jewish Christians in Crete at the time. Titus is actually Greek. I wonder if he's coming up against a clash. We'll see in a minute that he is. But the first thing Paul does is remind him of why he's there. I wonder if he's got message and heard that Titus is going, what am I doing here? Why am I stuck here? Why did you leave me here, Paul? I wonder if that's some of the questions you've got around your life at the moment. Why am I stuck here? Why did you leave me here? Maybe you're addressing that to God. That's a good place to address our frustrations. So Paul talks about it, and he goes into detail about appointing elders, put some people in place to bring some healthy structure to this young church so that we can learn more about who God is and shape ourselves to his kingdom. And then he goes from verse 10. There are many rebellious people, full of meaningless talk and deception, especially those of the circumcision group. I wonder if they had t-shirts. I mean, that's a tough group to kind of gather people around, isn't it? Hey, guys, we're starting a group. Do you want to join? Do you want to join our group? Uh, Yeah, what's it about? Uh, Well, we're going back to the basics, basically. We're just, you know, okay, yeah, what do I have to do? Hmm, it's a difficult one, isn't it? But we've got a t-shirt for you afterwards. Who wants to be part of the circumcision group? I mean, we could, we could laugh, and, and people are, but the, the reality is this was a group of people who said, no, we have, to, we have to take this new Jesus and add it to our old religious life as well, and our old practices and all of that stuff of this is how we are known as children of God, by our circumcision. And there was a clash. And I reckon in this passage we see a Titus who's pretty worn down, by a bunch of people who claim to be living the Jesus life, but are stuck in old patterns and old habits. Well, they needed a conscious, intentional plan to keep God at the center of everything. They needed a rule of life that was shaped around some truth. They needed Titus to be around. We'll pick up at chapter 3 in a little bit, but here's three elements of what you need to rescue an island if you're thinking about doing that in the near future. You need a Jerusalem first and foremost, a Jerusalem. So what's Jerusalem? Why, why am I mentioning Jerusalem? Well, Jerusalem was where the practice of faith in God comes alive in the person of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you go back to Acts chapter 2, this is when the, ch- the church is birthed. I'm going to read it for us so you don't have to flick around too much. But Acts chapter 2 verse 1 says this, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is Jesus' disciples, his followers. 
receiving the Holy Spirit, the, the church begins. And it says in verse 5, Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And there's a whole list of them. I could read them out, but I might get them wrong and sound silly. Uh, and also we don't have lots of time. But verse 11, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. So, there's a bunch of people who are going about their rhythm of life and they're heading perhaps for this celebration in Jerusalem that they do regularly. Maybe they'd come a lot, they'd done it lots of different times and it hadn't been significant, but they did it again. They, they turned up at Jerusalem and the Holy Spirit encounters them powerfully. And so they end up taking back faith, a live faith, not just a, a, an understanding of, of who, who God is, but something living they've met and encountered with the Holy Spirit and they've seen something powerful. Jerusalem is this powerful moment for Acts 2. It's like a little bit of a, a party popper moment as something begins for this island that will spark a rescue. But we need more than just those initial moments where we say yes to Jesus. What we need is a Paul as well. So Paul comes and visits. Paul is in that initial sharper framing of your new life. So, so we need that first encounter, that powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit. We also need, through the Holy Spirit, to be powerfully sustained through truth. We need those truth moments. Maybe it's a, a podcast you listen to. Maybe it's this amazing sermon or one of Andrew's average ones. I don't know, but <laughs> everyone's reacting in... <laughs> I might get in trouble for that. So could we, are we, is it too late to edit that one out? Yeah, it's gone live. Okay. Whatever it is, some teaching, but it's a moment. And do you know what? Paul isn't around enough for you to sustain your life. I'm not around enough for you. Andrew's not around enough for you to sustain a life that is spiritually vibrant. But we also have this Titus who is around. It's the local leadership. It's, and, and he's there to stay. And he's putting in some stuff in some place. So here we see shaping up this rescue of this island called Crete by some moments and some inputs. But here Titus is saying, here Paul is saying to Titus, you need to start to do some specific things. You need to start to put some stuff in place and teach. I'm going to hit a list of all the different things that, all the different verbs that are used to describe what, what Titus needs to do. Appoint, appoint elders. Silence, silence the deceivers, bring clarity, teach truth, encourage good living, set an example, rebuke, remind, avoid, warn. All of those will be found in this chapter. I'm having to summarize, but all those things are the things that Paul is encouraging Titus to do. He's encouraging to put some stuff in place that will frame people's lives so that they can encounter the living God and represent him to people around us. And it's not enough that you had a Jerusalem moment. It's not enough that you've got a message from a couple of weeks ago. You need a regular moment with God. You need silence and solitude. You need to put some phones away. You need to put some practices in. You need to recognize that your life and your heart is unraveling with this rhythm of life. You've got a rule of life, but it's just not necessarily a healthy one. But maybe I'm talking to a whole bunch of people who have got it sorted in your quiet times in the morning are vibrant and you're making space Let's celebrate that. But maybe like me, you have your weeks and your days where you feel like an island that has got history. 
in the uh, in the, one of the chapters I've just uh, we've just read. There's this phrase that actually comes from it's a it's a poet and a, and a philosopher from 600 years ago before this letter's written, who was a, a, a Cretan, Epimenides, and he talks about he describes them. Let's I'm just going to look at this description of these Cretans. Cretans are always liars, evil brutes, and lazy gluttons. This, this island has got such a history of laziness, of gluttony, of deception. And God has a plan to rescue it and bring it into something new. Bring it to something different. But there needs to be stuff in place and rhythms and routines that will establish the work of God in that place. I wonder if you can imagine your soul as an island as that space in that place that needs not just a moment where you decide yes to Jesus, but a movement where faith can be grounded and spread. We, mean, we need more than just reactions. We need routines. We need both. We need a reaction. We have to have a, a sudden movement, but we also need the routines that are going to Established. Maybe Paul is the one who does the reaction, the initial, but we need the routines that, that are established. I wonder if you feel stuck today. I wonder if you know all the, you just see around you the mess of the life that you're living and the busyness and the unintentional living. God is gracious today and he is powerful and able and he loves us. And we've been singing about one who rescues us. We don't have to be slaves to that life, but we can be renewed. I wonder if God could send us a Titus for, for your soul, someone who's going to put some stuff in place, some rhythm, some regular framework that will help you to, to, to let go of, uh, of 600 years of history or six years of history or 60 years of history that are framing and shaping your belief system that affect your behaviors and get yourself in circles. What would it look like for you to be Titused? to have some framework, to have some appointment and some rebuke and some teaching. I'm sure you've got some stuff in place. But what, is the, what is the thing God's just challenging you about this morning? To change and to shape. I found my own cry in this passage, a cry for rescue. Can you hear yours? Maybe you feel like Titus this morning and you know that you've been called to shape and to change and to lead and, and to influence in your workplace or in your... Um, in your flats, whatever, wherever it is, where are the spaces that you've been called to, but you found yourself stuck and squished, and you're shouting at the person who got you there. You're, you're kind of, why am I here? And you need, to, you need to hear this message and this reminder. Titus needed reminding of why he was here. We need reminders. We need our reminders. Let's get back into the passage a little bit, and then we're, we're going to ask God to help us and pray. Let's go to chapter 3. I'm going to read from verse 3. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, there's where it starts. When the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, 
whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. So that having been justified, made right by his grace, his empowered, empowering presence, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. And I want you to stress these things. He's wanting Titus to stress these things. So that those who have trusted in God, here we go, may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. There's such a journey in this chapter and this passage in this book. But he's wanting, Paul is wanting Titus to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God, they've already decided in God, would be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. Are you careful? Or are you just, are you just flappy? Are you just fluid? Just see how things go. Are you careful to devote yourselves to doing what is good? These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. There's a richness in here. If you're feeling in a mess today, well, it's the kindness of God that comes to us. Don't be robbed of a moment to turn back and to get back into a rhythm that is healthy for your heart by the intimidation of the enemy. Because your island, your soul, if you've chosen Jesus, is under new management. It's under new management. And you might feel like there's, there's a war going on inside you for right living. But the enemy of your soul, the devil, no longer has any jurisdiction because of the power of the cross. There is a battle going on in the States for who should be leader. And it's almost, it's almost exactly like what's going on in your heart. Like the enemy wants to say, stop the count. Stop the count. I'm losing power. I'm losing influence. Well, your heart has been rescued by the King of Kings, by Jesus himself. And the enemy wants to try and say, no, I've still got jurisdiction here. Rubbish. It's over, and now we get to live from this truth that God has rescued us, and we can turn a different way. So, if you feel in a mess today, what is your rule for relationship with God? What things are you doing yourself, the choices you're making in response to his kindness? What are the habits for a habitat? What are you doing regularly that give God a comfy seat in your life and space to live through you? Have you lost vision? Well, you might need to hear God remind you of, of why you ended up in this place in the first place. Create a rule. Redeem Sabbath. Put your phones away. Get your SLR camera out. Decide that every morning you're going to just put a piece of toast in the toaster and read some scripture. Time with God and some toast. Every morning, just 10 minutes toast and time with him. We've declared this morning in song that he is our deliverer. We are his children. Those two are powerful things. Let's, let's not forget that. And let's, uh, let's be that island that gets rescued because of the Jerusalems, because of the Pauls, but also because of the Tituses. Amen. Amen.